I need to declutter. That's a lot of what my issue is. And so it took me, and I tell people, it takes a long time when you don't know what you're doing and you're doing it by yourself. And so it took me a month. You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews-Okome. So let's get started. Hey, hey guys, welcome, welcome back to the show. It's me, it's Nikayla, and today I am back with an episode with Brittany Allen. So I came across Brittany on Instagram. Y'all know I like to spend a lot of time on Instagram. That's where I inadvertently come across a lot of people. And, you know, this was the case with Brittany. I came across her business, Pinch of Help, and was just obsessed going through things, saving all these home organization ideas. And of course, I also started to just get curious about what is her business? What's her business model? How does this all work? So I had to have her in the guest chair. Brittany is a professional home organizer, CEO and founder of Pinch of Help Home Organization based in Atlanta, Georgia. She is passionate about creating environments her clients love living in with her expert ability to match functional organization with aesthetically pleasing solutions. She is also a loving mother of two children and a puppy and is the wife to husband, Chris, who recently joined her in working on the Pinch of Help team as COO and co-owner. So in this episode, I really love what Brittany had to share about one, how her blog helped her clarify her business direction, two, how she got started as a professional home organizer, and what she's learned about avoiding burnout as a full-time mom and full-time entrepreneur, plus so much more. Let's get right into it. So in your own words, give us a peek into the life of Brittany. Who are you and what was your first experience with entrepreneurship? Great. Yes. So first off, I'll say that, you know, I'm a wife to my husband, Chris, and then I'm a mom to a preen, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, a preteen and a teenager. And like I said, that can be a whole nother podcast all on its own, just this phase of life that I'm in in terms of parenting. Um, <laughs> but I became an entrepreneur somewhat by chance. Um, but, you know, definitely, in my opinion, I was sort of created for it. I think, you know, it just feels very natural to me now. Now, as a young girl, I had zero clue and zero answer to, of course, the question everyone asks of what do you want to be when you grow up? And so I remember being very little deciding that I was going to have an answer the next time somebody asked me that question. And so my answer was I was going to be a veterinarian. And it wasn't until finally, and I had said it many times, and finally someone asked, I was like, oh, you like all animals? And I said, oh, no, I like dogs. And they're like, well, <laughs> you're going to be a veterinarian. You're going to have to work with rabbits and hamsters and snakes and birds. And I, you know, no offense, but I hate all of those animals. I only like dogs. And so that was the last time that I remember actually having an answer to that question as a young girl. And so I just never knew. Um, but I did have the fortune of um, being in a lot of leadership roles growing up. And so I knew that I wanted to somehow be a leader, you know, and have a lot of influence wherever I found myself. Um, so I think I was first bitten by the entrepreneurship bug while I was working on my master's degree. So I was going to school. Um, at the time, I was still flirting with the idea of going to medical school. And in my free time, oh, wow. yeah, in my free time. And what was your master's in? In biomedical science. Okay. Yep. And so um, in my, you know, obviously, you know, I wasn't in school all day. So I would 
take substitute teaching jobs um, here or there. And so um, my favorite age at that point to sub was high school students. And I remember very vividly being in an AP class. So we're talking about some of the smartest kids in the school. And I overheard a conversation where a student mentioned he was going to be a doctor. And his friend chimed in and said, like, oh, I couldn't do that much school. And then the kid <laughs> then the kid responded <laughs> and said, you know, something like, oh, I only have to do four more years of school after high school. And so at that point, I was like, OK, hey, guys, I need to jump in this conversation, um, you know, because as we know, there's so many more years of school after, you know, like. Right. So many more years, a lifetime of. Four years of- <laughs> and then four. Right. Exactly. And so, you know. And I was just really blown away because, like I said, these were some of the best kids in the school. And, you know, I was blown away that any of them had this lack of knowledge. So it started this conversation amongst us, you know, about, you know, other kids like, okay, well, I want to do this. What kind of school do I have to go to? You know, because I was telling them, okay, I'm working on my master's right now and then I'm going to do this. And, you know, so it started this whole conversation. And then I decided at that point to create a different business. Um, and so with that business, was or my first business, this was my very first entrepreneurial endeavor, and um, I sought to help high school students create individualized strategic plans to help get them where they wanted to go and at least have that knowledge. Because I realized- Interesting. There was, what was that business called? Yeah, it was called? called Strategic Academic Planning. And um, okay. I realized there was somewhat of a disconnect between what the school's what the kids were taking advantage of at the schools, because a lot of the schools in the counseling office, there's so much that is available to them, but you still have to go and seek it out. And then the parents, you know, are busy working and all of that. So there was just, you know, cause I, I was talking to juniors and some seniors and just realized that they didn't really know what was up ahead past college. Um, so, or even some of them, for college. Um, so that mm. business. And how many mm-hmm. years did you do that? I, didn't, I did that one probably for one year, one year and then I pivot. Um, and so we'll talk about that as well. Um, but that was my very first, my very first um, entrepreneurial endeavor. And I loved it. Um, I loved it at first. At and first. then it started to become, yeah, <laughs> it started to become an issue because I realized that although I loved working with the kid, my real client was the parent. And tr- and the parent and the kids weren't always on the same page. Like parents were wanting one thing, the kids were wanting another, and then here I am caught in the middle. Mm. And it was increasingly difficult to try to merge the two and try to find a happy medium and even to mediate between parents and kids. So, you know, it was just a, I only did it, like I said, for that year. And then we moved and that I decided to stop that one. I can see that. I think, you know, all of us as side hustlers there, there's really anyone that I talk to who's like, I've only ever tried to do one business and that's it. No, Mm, right. We get an idea and we're we're at least going to, you know, dabble in it for a few months to a year and then understand that all right, maybe this isn't for me. And that's why I love side hustling because yeah. that, it gives you that freedom. Like you don't have to commit right away. You can see if it's for you. Yep. And I'm so thankful. Yeah, I'm thankful for that experience because number one, it did teach me that I do like being an entrepreneur. That wasn't even something I considered prior to. I think what I considered was um, possibly doing, like I said, being in a leadership role, but for a business or, you know, maybe even going all the way up, you know, however I could within someone right. else's business structure. But it didn't it didn't occur to me that I may want to start my own business until then. So although I decided to stop that business, I did not stop wanting to be an entrepreneur. So, you know, I think along the way, that's what most of us realize is that all experiences somehow end up getting you to where you want to be. So that was my experience with that one. 
So you've had an interesting career path in terms of like, you have one of the hardest jobs out there. You know, you mentioned that you were a stay-at-home mom Mm -hmm. before creating a pinch of help. So tell us a little bit more about your initial career path, like you determining that you wanted to spend time staying at home with your kids for a while and then, you know, having such a strong urge with the entrepreneurship bug Mm -hmm. to actually start a business. Yeah, so actually... I'll say that I did not have the strong urge to stay home with my kids. I found myself, <laughs> found myself staying at home. It actually, they were in school by that time. Um, you know, they okay. were in, they were school age, and so I was more of a housewife. You know, and you know, obviously uh-huh. did the carpool and the drop offs and all of that, and it was fine. But it wasn't an urge that I had. It's just kind of once I decided um, not to go to medical school. So I'll speak a little bit about that. So. I was working on my master's, like I said, because when I went into medical school, I mean, went into my master's program, I had a newborn baby when I graduated. I went to Spelman College, and so I graduated senior year and then had my daughter. And so at that point, I was not ready, you know, physically, mentally, or any of that to enter into medical school, but I still wanted to continue my education. So that's when I went ahead and went into the master's program. Um, And so During that program, you know, like I said, just keeping my education up and preparing the ultimate goal at that point was to finish that program and then enter medical school, give my daughter some time, you know, to grow up a little bit. I had a son also. Um, My husband and I um, have a at that point, I had a four year old son and a newborn daughter and my first year of um, while I was working on my master's. And so it wasn't until graduate. It was almost time for graduation that I sat down with my mentor at the time. And, you know, we just really discussed what I would want to do next. And so throughout that discussion, you know, he could tell that I was very committed, although I didn't want to stay home with them. I'm very committed to my family and to family life. And, you know, he just really had an honest honest conversation with me. It was about a three hour conversation. And at the end of it, I was in tears because I realized I did not want to go to medical school. Like, I think I was just doing that because I was a, you know, just a high achiever. And, you know, it just, it was something I could do. I was smart enough to do it, but I didn't want to do it. And so now here I am nearing graduation. And yet again, I have no clue, you know, what I want to do. And so, um, and so you know, like I said, I was substitute teaching, started that other business. And then once I stopped it, I had no clue again what else to do. So that's how I just sort of fell into staying at home Mm. and being the carpool mom and all of that. But I was always had my, I always had my feelers out of trying to figure out what else I could do. And I think I kind of stumbled upon at that time, you know, people starting to make blogging a thing and like a career. And so I, you know, decided, okay, you know, I was very into, um, non-toxic products and things like that around the home because having the science background and the medical background, I know how things affect us internally. And so, um, you know, I switched from using, you know, like candles with all the chemicals to diffusers and, you know, just, I started making these little switches. And so I started another business, which was going to be blogging at that point, um, about those topics. So sort of anything related to mm-hmm. healthy home environments. I yeah, saw that. Scroll right. way back on yeah. my page. Cause I scrolled yep, all the way back, find. girl. Yes, I it's did. <laughs> when yep. I tell you, when I become obsessed, yep. I scroll all the way back. It doesn't matter if you have 5,000. All the way back. <laughs> like, let's see. And so at that point it was called Pinch of Health, H-E-A-L-F. Okay. Um, H-E-A-L-F. Right. 
T-H, sorry. And so I started <laughs> that one and, you know, I was trying to find my way blogging and, you know, that was more difficult than I thought. And I did not love that. But, you know, I, I loved what I was talking about. Right. So um, so then I, I created a product, um, which was a like a small little pamphlet. OK. And so. Got um, it. And it was the first one was for the kitchen. And so um, in that guide, I spoke about, you know, like sort of the pots and pans that you can use, um, you know, that won't allow chemicals to leach into your food and, you know, like what food storage containers, which cleaning products, you know, everything that I was blogging about, I just put it into this, you know, one guide for it. And I started with the kitchen and the plan at that point was to do the kitchen first and then move to the bathroom and, you know, just eventually until I covered all areas of the home and then make that one major guide. And so, but what happened prior to, you know, me fulfilling the full plan for that is that, um, my husband and I went on vacation and on vacation, I typically like to read a book. And so I got the life-changing magic of tidying up. And now, like I said, I was still, you know, I was still sort of a stay at home trying to blog, but most of my time, if I'm honest, was spent trying to clean my home. And I can say I am terrible. My husband can attest to this. I'm terrible at cleaning my house. That's the part. I saw you say that. And that's the part that's so, you know, mind boggling. Like here you are, you were not naturally inclined to this life, (laughs) but you worked hard at it and then wanted to help others. So tell us more about that. Exactly. Yeah. So I picked up that book and, you know, on vacation, I read it and on the plane ride home, you know, he could tell that my disposition changed. And so we started talking about that. And I'm like, you know, I just realized I've got to get home. I've got a lot of laundry I probably have to do. And, you know, just like back to this whole grind of like fighting with my house is how it felt, you know, like every day, especially because, you know, even though I was trying to blog, I was home all day. So you just feel you have that pressure of feeling like my home Mm -hmm. should be spotless if I'm home, you know? And so, and it just never was, I just never could figure it out. And um, so I read that book and realized, huh, I need to declutter. That's a lot of what my issue is. And so it took me and I tell people it takes a long time when you're when you don't know what you're doing and you're doing it by yourself. And so it took me a month to make it through my whole home. And I didn't have a huge home, but we just had a lot of stuff. So I slowly went um, through every area of my home and decluttered. I mean, nothing was left untouched. And the freedom that I felt, I can not even describe. Like I woke up one day once it was all done And in my mind, because it had been so long of me, like, you know, doing this whole cleaning and trying to, you know, make sure the house was clean by the time everybody got home, I woke up and I did not need to do that. And I was faced with, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do? And so it was very scary, to be honest, because I hid behind how much housework I had to do. And now I didn't have that. And so I really had to hone in on, okay, what are you going to do? Like now your life is in front of you, you know, like you're the the thing you used to spend your time on is no longer the thing. And, you know, like I said, it was pretty scary. And so, you know, I had the blog that I was trying to work on. And so I think I invested at that point into a business course, um, which really helped change my mentality about some things. Let's stop there for a second. Let's stop there for a second. So now... You know, one of the things I really love that you've described is this journey of finding Mm -hmm. self. It is it is difficult. I know that when you are trying out different side hustles or things that you could potentially make your passion project, your business, it doesn't just come to you. It's not like a light bulb moment. Ha, this is what I should be doing. Like everyone has multiple ideas. And I so relate to you just not knowing where to go. And so turning to blogging, right, right. <laughs> like I did the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It was 
you know, for me, like five years ago, I came home after, you know, grad school, didn't have a job and was like, I don't know what to do next, but I, you know, something's drawing me to this blogging and this idea of figuring out how I can, what I can help the world with, what I can put out into the world. So it starts with that. It starts with putting, literally putting up a site for some people. And from there, it transitioned into a podcast. Mm. And for you, you know, from there, you were able to, you were able to see when you start writing what you care Mm -hmm, about. Exactly. You're you're only going to spend time Mm -hmm. writing stuff that you care about. So you start to gravitate, right? So you gravitated at first to this idea of health, but then you start to gravitate to this idea of organization because you saw the, the sigh of relief that it gave you. And by the way, I feel the same way with that as well. Like I just moved. And so when my house is filled with boxes, Mm -hmm. you know, my husband thinks I'm crazy because he's like, we don't have to unpack all of this all at once. I'm like, no, (laughs) no, you don't understand. (laughs) I need all of this Mm -hmm. to be unpacked as soon as possible because I work from home. So tell me, you know, what were the next steps now that you started Mm -hmm. to see that, hey, I felt such a sigh of relief. Did you immediately think this should be my next business? No, absolutely not. And like I said, it took me such a long time that I was just happy that it was done. And I was talking about it a lot, you know, to friends and all of that. And so then when I was creating that healthy home guide, I included in the front, like I was almost done with the little guy, but I included in the front a section on organization in the kitchen. And a friend of mine, which shout out to friends who buy your products, <laughs> but a yes, friend of shout mine, out to friends yes, who do that. and actually look at them, you know. And so a friend of mine bought my product, and which all of my friends are great, but a friend of mine bought my product, and she's an entrepreneur herself. She has a law firm, and she's amazing. But at that time, she's like, you know everything you're saying in here, I would love to transition my home to. I just don't have the time for that. Like, you should come do it for me. Like, she jokingly said that, (laughs) you know. And so like you, Nagela, I laughed as well. And um, I mentioned that that comment to my business coach at the time. And so because he was just asking what feedback had I gotten and all of that. And so, you know, I told him, oh, I had this friend who said, you know, I should come do this for her. And he said, you know what? you need to think about that. Like, that's probably something that you can consider. And I was like, huh, because at the time I didn't know it was even a career to be had. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I talked to her a little bit more about it. And then I just slowly started to document my own home. Um, I didn't, I don't think I had a lot of before pictures for my home because I wasn't planning on using that footage for anything. I was just trying to free myself. And so, um, but I needed that before and after. So I asked friends and family, you know, hey, can I just come do a drawer? Can I come do a cabinet? You know, just little things here or there. I would purchase product for it, take the product back after I got my pictures, you know, (laughs) Um, you know, but just to number one, have those, have that before and after. But then the other thing that I gained by doing that was that I didn't realize that I would gain was realizing that I loved doing it. Like I actually liked it. It's one thing to do something for yourself, but to do it for someone else, that's where you really determine if you like something or not in a service-based business. And I realized I do like doing this, you know, for someone else. And I love the benefits that they would get. And um, I, yeah, I, I mean, the blogging almost completely fell, you know, by the wayside as I transitioned to trying to figure out if I can make this happen mm-hmm. um, because I was energized by doing it, which is, you know, something that at that time I didn't realize I hadn't read, you know, on that. But a lot of people say you find what you want by finding what you're energized doing. Yeah. 
It's it's like you have to tap into that feeling. Yeah. You mentioned you had a business coach. Did you get did. this business coach um, while you were blogging? Like at what at what stage did you do that? And, and what was the reasoning behind it? Yeah. So he is a he was a business slash life slash spiritual coach, you know, so a friend of mine had used him. And, um, you know, and I just was looking for because I felt so lost, you know, at that time prior to what, what I'm talking about now, you know, I just hired him just to have someone to sort of talk it all out with um, someone who was a little bit more knowledgeable about because my husband's in corporate America. So it's hard for him to have you know, have these conversations with me. So I was looking for someone that I could, that I could speak with. And so that's what led to me hiring him. Um, and just, and also it was hard for me at first to set deadlines and hold myself accountable. And so just knowing that someone else was also looking for, you know, I think I hired him right when I was trying to create that healthy kitchen guide. That's what it was called, the healthy kitchen guide. And, you know, I just wanted someone to help me progress through that um, because I would end up just cleaning my house as opposed to like sitting down to work on the guide. So that's how I ended up hiring a coach. And I still use them intermittently um, now, but early on, it was very crucial just for even those small conversations. So now you know that you enjoy doing this, you know, you love the response and how it makes your clients feel, you know, everyone's happy on each side. So when did you start to make it a formal business and what were the steps that you took? Did you form an LLC? Did you Mm -hmm. put up a website and and advertise your, your prices? What happened? Yeah. So I'd already had the LLC for, um, pinch of health. Um, and so I just, you know, funneled it through there. Um, so I did that. I did already have a website that I was blogging on, but I just started, I just sort of changed the topics, you know, and I just started posting more on my Instagram about, you know, sort of the before and afters and, you know, just trying to be very active. I think that was one of the best things that I did was just showing work. You know, like I said, I was doing most of it for free, um, but showing my work and then just starting conversations, you know, through, through social media, uh, totally built based on Instagram, um, for the early part, you know, now we have some, you know, referrals and things like that. But early on, it was strictly, you know, people came, they saw and, you know, they were interested. So so those were your first clients? Yeah, my first. All, yeah, my clients found me through Instagram. Mm-hmm. I love they it. Did. And were you intimidated at all to charge people for this? You know, you'd gone from doing it for yourself Absolutely. to free. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And then like what to charge. And so I ended up charging. So I I looked in the industry, which like I said, I didn't even know it was an industry, but I looked around the industry and I saw what people charge and I just put myself towards the bottom. Like, okay, I'm new. Let me put myself towards the bottom, you know, of the scale because it's kind of a wide scale um, of what people charge. And I put myself at the bottom. And then once I started doing it more, I realized that I was charging too low. And as I compared my, you know, sort of overall process and my my final outcome, you know, to others, I realized I should be, you know, not at the lower end of the scale. Um, and so just valuing myself and what I was doing. And I realized, too, that some days I would come home after working, you know, long hours with not much pay and it was not worth it to me, actually. Um, the time away from home, although I liked what I was doing, I did not like what I was getting paid. And so mm. that inspired me to to change my rates. And I'll never forget, you know, the first day I changed my rates and I had that consultation and I got ready to utter, you know, what my new rates were. It was so hard. I, I delayed it as long as possible. Like I just, <laughs> I shot the breeze, you know, I just talked because I knew this client was a, you know, was someone who could use our help and she loved what I, what I did, but I yeah. was so afraid she was going to be 
thrown off, you know, or scared away by, right. by the rate. And so I told it to her and she's like, okay, great. And, and I literally, like I said, okay, you know, I kept it cool. I was like, okay, I'll send the invoice over, hung up the phone. And I like went and ran to my husband who was in the shower. I'm like, she's going to pay. Like, she's fine with it, you know? And so, you know, and I had prayed about it and everything, yeah. you know, but it's just, it, it was nerve wracking. So yes, right. I decided that, um, I was worth, I was worth what, I was worth and it wasn't you the lower are. end of the scale. So Right. Definitely not the lower end of the scale. And also when you put your heart and soul into something, you're doing awesome work for people with and you're giving them results. Mm-hmm. I just think you will reach a point if you are undercharging where mm-hmm. yeah, you have that feeling like Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should be charging enough that when you do it, you walk away feeling like, yes, that was worth my time. Exactly. I wanted it to be a fair exchange. And I yes. felt like they were getting more than I was. And so, and I right. never, I don't want to get more than I'm giving either, you know? So mm-hmm. that's why, you know, there are people who who charge more than I do currently, but I still feel aligned with my price range right. um, because it feels you like a to fair feel exchange. Aligned. Yes. Mm-hmm. The fair exchange is right. Hey guys, it's Nikayla here with a quick word from our sponsors. If you listen to my episode on how to make money podcasting, then you know that I pitched my very first sponsor six months after launching this show. And you know what else I did once I landed the contract? I invoiced them using FreshBooks. FreshBooks made it so simple. That's because FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners. It's simple, it's intuitive, and it keeps you organized. FreshBooks lets you create and send professional looking invoices in 30 seconds and then get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. Plus, you can file expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part? FreshBooks grows alongside your business, so you'll always have the tools you need when you need them without ever having to learn how to do accounting. Try it free for 30 days, no catch and no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle pro and enter side hustle pro in the how did you hear about us section to get started. Again, that's freshbooks.com slash side hustle pro and tell them side hustle pro sent you. If you're a small business owner, you got into your line of work because of your passion. But if tedious admin work is keeping you from doing the part of the job you actually love, HoneyBook can take those tasks off your to-do list so you can focus on why you started your business in the first place. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that organizes your client communications, bookings, contracts, and invoices all in one place. It's perfect for freelancers, entrepreneurs, or small business owners that want to consolidate services they already use, like Google Suite, Excel, MailChimp. With HoneyBook, you can automate your busy work. They have easy-to-use templates for emails, proposals, brochures. They also have e-signatures and built-in automation to save you time and get you paid faster. Simplify your to-do list and stay in control with HoneyBook. And right now, HoneyBook is offering Side Hustle Pro listeners 50% off when you visit honeybook.com slash hustle pro. Payment is flexible, and this promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. So go to honeybook.com slash hustle pro for 50% off your first year. That's honeybook.com slash hustle pro. So what were your initial services that you offer and what do you currently offer? 
Um, my initial services are still the same as what I offer, okay. which is, you know, organ- home organization, office organization, any space, you know, really that you want um, will organize. And I can say that I did not focus so much on the moving aspect that as I do now. Um, so that wasn't something I probably would have considered then because I was by myself and I could not have taken on. So now we do client move-ins. Um, okay. So literally all the client has to do is get the movers to bring the boxes and put them in the right rooms. And we take over from there. We unpack everything. We like what you're saying, all those boxes, girl, we'll have those gone in two days. Um, you know, and then <laughs> Beautifully organize it into the space immediately. And so that's, okay. I love that. I'm that calling you next time. My fa- <laughs> yes, yes. That's probably my favorite thing to do because number one, I know the moving process itself is stressful for most. And, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, depending on what your path was, whether you built your home or, you know, g- whatever it was, you then get there and it's almost like having a baby and it's like, okay, now I have the baby. Now what, you know? And so it's like, okay, now I've got the house. Now what, you know, all this stuff is everywhere. And so I love that we can like get you moved in and get you organized before any bad habits develop. Right. So in this new home, this is just how you know to function. You don't know that, you know, you, you don't even have the ha- the bad habits of like throwing the mail over there. Like, no, there's a spot for mail and there always has been in this home. So I really, really love doing move-ins. That's probably one of my favorites. And I see on um, Instagram. Okay, so I mm-hmm. see you. I see you working with your husband. So tell yep. us how it has evolved. So what year did you start Pinch yeah. of Help? What year was that? Oh, I know. That's always the question. <laughs> I, I think, and I go back and forth with him about this. I, I think we agree to say 2017 2017. is when I started doing the work for free and, you know, all of that. But 2018 is when I really could tell, okay, this is a thing. Like, I'm going to do this. So I say 2018. He says 2017, you know, because it was just an evolution. It wasn't something that, like, you know, I'm always amazed at the people who can just go back to the exact day that they started this business. Because I just wasn't like that. It comes in phases, right? You have the idea. You you have the Mm -hmm. testing phase. You have the phase where you really commit, (laughs) you know? Right. It's almost like dating. It's like sometimes figuring out your real anniversary is weird because of that right so so now now I see that he's super involved so have you guys how do you manage that the structure of of having him be able to help out does he still work his full-time job no so he's with us full-time all right and um that was a an interesting transition, um, you know, because like I said, he's in corporate. So then he comes with, and he was very, you know, high up in corporate. And so he comes with his corporate mentality, which is totally, well, not totally, but in a lot of ways, totally different, you know, than a small business entrepreneur mentality. And so, you know, I remember he would like, you know, watch me work on things, even if it was a blog. And like to him, that seems like a 30 minute task, uh-huh. you know, like, like, oh, you're not done with that? You know, it's like, no, I'm not done with that. Like, I've just shot the footage and I have to edit it and then I have to write it and then I have to link it, you know, like all these things that he just wasn't aware of. And so um, once he joined, he had a little bit more knowledge by then because he had helped me out here or there. And um, so, yeah, but I think the biggest thing was the somewhat of a power struggle between us of, you know, for obviously it being my business, um, you know, that I started, but then now he's on, which was so helpful and so needed um, because I really needed needed that, um, I needed that assistance. And then I, I needed his skill set because I was planning to grow a team. And so he, um, has all the skills and all the training, um, in that area. And so he just was the perfect fit for it. And so just trying to find our balance as, you know, business owners and then husband and wife was the struggle. Um, and so, but it, you know, a book I read, which if anyone's looking to start a team, 
the best book to read, in my opinion, is the book called Traction. And that set us straight. Um, it helped us to clearly identify, you know, tasks and roles, which sometimes, you know, we still switch it up a little bit as the need arises. Um, but it gave us some more structure. So we have him on. And then I also have um, a full-time employee um, who helps us on the organizing side mm-hmm. as well. Okay. I'm adding that book to my list. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's everything. Right. Yeah. It was a life changer. Yeah. And before he joined, had you already mapped out your, so your business model, is it, okay, we'll, we'll be able to fit, you know, two move-ins, three home organizations mm. per month. How do you, mm-hmm. one, do your projections and then mm-hmm. two, ensure that you're actually meeting those numbers? Right. So that is something I'm still working on. (laughs) Um, But I will say that because it depends, you know, I have I have move ins that depending on what the size of the home, depending on how many how much the client has, like one move in could take, you know, eight days, whereas another whole house move in could take four, Mm. you know, so it's really hard to to project and to manage that. And so that's not something that I still have a really good grip on, um, you know, in terms of that. So I'm probably not the best person. So you're figuring that out because I'm working. Yeah, I'm figuring it out. Absolutely. And then there's different, you know, the seasonality of business is different, you know, because, you know, people at certain parts of the year, you know, different people are doing different things, you know, like around the holidays, you know, just depends. So I'm still learning all of that um, as, you know, as I grow. As you grow. Well, thank you for that transparency. I think we all have to kind of figure out those ebbs and flows. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, for me, I I go through that with like sponsors, like every company Mm. is different and trying to figure out, okay, when are they planning (laughs) their Mm -hmm. sponsorship budget? You know, am I too late? Am I early? What's going on? Right, right, right. So a lot of people lose money in the first few years of their business because of issues just like this one. Mm-hmm. What has been your experience so far from starting, you know, to go hard in 2018 to now and moving forward? Mm-hmm. Are you profitable? Are you still working through that? I mean, your husband quit his job, so I'm assuming mm-hmm. that it, it, it's helping yeah. you guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we're doing well in terms of profitability. And I think early on, I didn't have the pressure of having to be profitable. Mm-hmm. And then because he was working. Right. And so, you know, he had a great salary and my income was never considered because it really didn't exist. So that I'm thankful for because it really helped me to find my way and helped me to, you know, do what I wanted to do, not what I had to do. Yeah. So any money I made at that point was just like a nice little bonus, a nice little treat. Fun money. <laughs> yeah, fun money. Exactly. And so now it is different because now it is required money. And so, um, so yes, we are, like I said, we're still kind of working through that. And, um, you know, it does take a little, well, not a little bit, it takes a lot more effort. And that's something that we're still adjusting to early on. No, I didn't experience like any loss or anything like that because it was, and because I'm a service-based business. So there's really not much overhead, you know, on the, at at first (laughs) there wasn't much overhead. Now I have a little bit more. Okay. Um, but you know, it was just like, okay, I needed an LLC. I paid for that. I needed a, you know, a phone line. I paid for that, you know, just little things at the, at the beginning, but then, you know, I did a service and I got paid for it. So nothing was lost except time. Okay. Um, And you guys make in travel to the fee. So it's not like you're covering your travel. Okay. That's right. That's right. Yep. So, um, so yeah, but in terms of, so yeah, the business does well, um, you know, but it does have its, you know, 
up months and it's down months of and course. learning how what to do during those down months has been the right. you know the thing of what we're working through at yes. the time. And and I see the need for it. I mean, you know, part of me is like, man, I hope these too many celebrities don't find out about Britney because oh, then no, I'm not going to be able to afford to. her. <laughs> no, we do it all. We want, we Let want me tell you. Too. I'm selfish. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. man, I, I see it. I see where it's going. Sometimes I just look and I see where stuff <laughs> is going. I'm like, man, I'm not going to be able to afford her. <laughs> no, okay. So here's By the, the thing. Time I'm I glad you her. say that because yes. I get these DMs. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I go get ahead. these DMs all the time. And people, when if they see me working in a fancy house, they think they can't afford it. I'm like, no, listen, they just needed 40 hours. You only need four. Right. You know, so that's the difference in price. My rates don't change, mm. you know, based on the fanciness of the house. <laughs> it's just you need less hours than they needed, yeah. you know? So people always think that, and that's not the case. I tell people all the time, I do one bedroom apartment. No, I'm glad that we cleared that up then. Yeah, because, but that is a common misconception. But no, they just, they just, it just took longer because they have, you know, 10,000 square feet, you know? So it mm-hmm. just took us longer. So they paid more in the end, but by the hour, it's all the same, you know? Oh. So that's the difference. And um, I tell people all the time, I do everything from one bedroom apartments to, you know, multi-million dollar homes. So it yes. really does not matter. I And I care about everyone getting the freedom that I got when I first did my home. So that's why I don't want anyone to be, you know, um, thrown off or not thrown off, but, um, intimidated by intimidated. Yes. That's where thanks intimidated by, you know, what they see me do in the fanciness. And then sometimes like if I show a bathroom, we make it look really fancy, but you'd be surprised. Like, Oh no, that was just a, you know, small one bedroom apartment, you know, somewhere. And, you know, so that's our goal is to make it all look as flawless and as organized as, you know, the next space, no matter what the size of the home is. Another thing I love about how you have set up your different revenue streams within the business, like you thought through things like sometimes people just need labeling, right? They just really need Mm -hmm. you to point them in the direction or, you know, to buy the labels already written out by you. So how did you think through that? How did you start to see all the different small needs that you could monetize? So um, labeling came about, um, when I would post things, that was the most commonly asked question. Where'd you get those labels? How can I get? And I'm like, oh, I wrote them, you know, because they thought maybe I printed them. Like, oh, no, that's my handwriting. You know, I wrote them. And people like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, I, I need those. And, you know, eventually, you know, you just start to listen. And so I'm like, okay, I can provide that, you know. So I opened that side, opened a little Etsy shop and started selling the labels. Um, I'm still toying around with that, you know, looking at adding some, I've had other types of labels that I used to sell that I've transitioned away from and looking at adding some more options. Um, But yes, labeling definitely came about strictly by listening to DMs and people saying, I need that. And noticing that it was the number one comment Uh or the number one question people asked, uh, where can I get the labels? Mm -hmm. And then we're also transitioning now into offering um, like downloadable guides for people who want to do it themselves. Um, because I understand that, you know, some people are like, right. okay, like you said, I just want you to point me in the direction. So we're moving into that as well. Um, we just launched our first one for the pantry and we're, you know, just kind of seeing how that's going and make adjustments and keep that part rolling as well. So you mentioned that you have an organization team member who's also assisting with that. Now, how do you envision uh, building out, kind of scaling the business as everyone kind of expects you to show up to their house, but I mean, long term, I know that's Mm -hmm. not always going to be feasible or sustainable. So how are you thinking through building out the pinch of help brand? Yes. Um, So, and you're absolutely right. And that's something that I'm 
working on as we speak, you know, with every job is just making people more familiar with the other team members and so that they're not just looking for me. And I mean, I'm always going to ensure, you know, that everyone is trained and that we get the same, you know, the same outcome. But yes, it is somewhat of a weaning process, you know, of just getting people to not necessarily only identify me, but to identify the brand as a brand that gets, you know, the results that they're looking for. So yes, that is something that we're working on. And yes, ultimately I do see, you know, sort of, I mean, I'll always be, I love it. I still love it. So I'll always, you know, have my hand, um, in the organization, you know, of it, but, you know, maybe I'm not the one doing, you know, all the countless hours, you know, Um, I can get the team started, make sure the creative direction and all of that. I can do the shopping. The shopping is one of the hardest parts, um, but, you know, still handle that. So we're working on it. We have some plans and we're training, um, training Kira, who's our full-time girl. We're training her up, um, to, you know, be able to start doing a little bit more on her own. Um, and she's doing, she's doing great at that. And then yes, ultimately we'll start to mobilize more teams and yeah, just as we grow, we'll be able to service the needs of others, um, of even more clients. And Brittany, um, it has to be a struggle, right? To navigate sustaining a high output in business, working with your husband, raising a teen and preteen, paying employees Mm -hmm. and taking care of yourself. What have you learned so far to keep burnout at bay? um, Well, (laughs) what have I learned? I think (laughs) I've learned just recently I have made it. And I know I've heard before and you asked these questions in the lightning round. So this will probably be a repeat because it's something I I would answer if you asked that question. But something that I've made a part (laughs) of my routine now that has been so beneficial to me is I demand to get a workout in. And preferably if I can do it early in the morning, it really helps me, but it just gives me that time to sort of clear my mind. I also have my Bible and prayer time. That has That's my whole life. Like I've always done that. But to cope with, you know, the the demands of um, business. And like you said, all of those things, I have to like get in there and do a good, Mm -hmm. hard workout. (laughs) And so that has been helpful. And then, you know, the other thing that really is helpful to me is listening to podcasts. Um, I love the the podcast. Um, I love yours, of course. Um, But then I also love how I built this um, because I love hearing the stories of other other entrepreneurs, um, which is like what you share as well. And hearing- right their, their story to know like, okay, you know, every, everyone's path is different. And so to not be discouraged, you know, at the downtimes or not be discouraged by the struggles or the challenges, but to know that's all a part of it. And we all, you know, you just have to persevere. So listening to podcasts has been great for me, um, with dealing with that. And then the thing that I'm not great at that I need to be great at is learning just to take a break. And, um, but with the pressure of everything, you know, the way it is now, that is very difficult to do. Um, so in the future, by the end of 2020, I plan to have many more breaks, um, at least planned for 2021. (laughs) I don't know about 2020, but 2021, (laughs) I plan to, you know, have regular breaks for myself. Oh, good. And if you had a chance now to start everything all over, is there anything you would do differently? That's really hard to say because it's just been a very organic approach. I'd never, you know, set out to do this. So I don't know, maybe I would have 
organized my home sooner, you know, or sought, yeah, I would have sought a remedy for the struggle because I, I struggled with my house for years. I mean, pretty much my entire, my entire mm. life, you know, especially as a wife and a mom, um, it was always a struggle. So I wish that I would have not just accepted that that way. And I think a lot of people do. You just think, you know, homes get messy and they stay messy a lot of times. Like I have kids, like you just accept that as a fact. And I wish that I would have challenged that early on. I wish I would have challenged the fact that I don't like the environment that I'm living in and I would prefer to be in somebody's hotel room, which I can only do a few times a year, if that, more than I want to be in my own home. And that became unacceptable to me at a certain point. I wish it would have happened sooner, um, not only for my family, but then that's kind of right. what set me on this path. Um, so that's the only thing I can think of. Mm -hmm. Everything else it's just like learning as I go. And, you know, yeah, I wouldn't take it back. And I like that you mentioned that because I think it's a fine line between telling, mm -hmm. especially moms, like it's mm -hmm. okay, give yourself a break. The house doesn't need to be clean. And understanding that for some people, this is part of their mental well-being. Absolutely. Um, and, and the mess disturbs that. So this is part of us managing anxiety, exactly. managing um our health. So yep. <laughs> what is next for Pinch of Health? Um, what's next? Um, we have some fun collaborations that we're working on. And then in the future, you know, like I said, we are looking to expand our team. We're looking to, you know, be able to help more clients than I can physically get to, you know, by myself um, or even with a team, you know. So we're just looking to expand and to keep doing what we're doing. I love what we're doing. Um, I love, you know, the feedback that we get from clients. We're also going to be looking to have more offers for people, you know, who who don't necessarily have the desire or means to hire us, but you still want our services. And so we're looking to, you know, cater to them a little bit more too, like I said, with the downloadable guides and things like that. So that's our immediate okay. future. Um, what else is to come? We'll just have to wait and see. I also like that you do virtual consultations, yes. right? That was important to me early on because, and a really great decision that I made, I think, because most most organizers, um, they do in person and it has its benefits for sure with doing it in person because you can actually like see more, you know, you can kind of get your hands a little bit dirtier and know what you're up against during that consultation. Right. But for me, if I were going to leave my home and maybe not be available, have to send my kids to aftercare, like I needed to know that this was a client I was going to get. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to use technology. We can do this via FaceTime and they can show me everything I need to see. I have people uh -uh, open up that cabinet. Let me see in that drawer. And then I'm like, don't hide it. I need to see it. Um, right, you know, right. But then I was able to do that from home and, you know, still be available for my children when necessary, um, mm -hmm. you know, not have to disrupt that too much before I ever even got the client. So, um, so got yes, I, I love that. I did that. All right. So now it's time for the lightning round. And All right. you know the deal already. You just answer the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Speed is of the essence. You ready? Okay. All yeah, right. I'm ready. Number one, what is a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? Far and away, Audible. Audible and podcasts have been my best friend. I cannot stress them enough Ooh. because, like I said, you need to hear those inspiring stories um, and the stories of struggles. You know, some things help you learn what mm -hmm. not to do. Um, so, yes, that has been the biggest resource for me. All right. Number two, what's been the best business book that you have actually applied to your business? Okay. So I already mentioned Traction, but I'll say before that one, the book, The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone 
was phenomenal for me. It taught me that the amount of effort that I thought I could put in to get results in practically really any area of life, but especially in business, I needed to times that by 10. And once I realized that um, and really like accepted that, it really jump-started my efforts, which increased exponentially. And then I started to see more results. So the 10X rule. Number three, um, we're switching this up okay, since you already okay. answered it. So <laughs> number three, who is a Black woman entrepreneur? One Black woman entrepreneur who motivates you? You know, she's a client of mine. And when you talk about Hustler, Heather Lindsay has so many businesses and, you know, I've worked for her personally and just to see her manage it all, I'd say far and away. Well, not far and away. I have some other clients too, who definitely inspire me, but in terms of the hustle side of things, Heather, for sure. All right. Number four, what is a personal habit that helps you significantly in your business? Uh, my prayer, my Bible time. Um, I really see God as my, my primary business partner. And so I have to check in with him first. I've got to get that time in um in order to keep going yes. you know day by day so definitely love it mm -hmm. powerful reminder and then finally number five what is your parting advice for fellow black women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss but are either scared of stepping out on, a, on an idea or worried about losing a steady paycheck right um and yes i get that it can be scary especially like like i said for me i didn't have to worry about losing a paycheck but just starting anything can be scary and so i think my advice is to love what you're doing first and to to test it out enough to make sure that you love it um like i said i started that first business a great idea i loved the kids but the actual business wasn't what I wanted it to be. And so had I, like, let's say, had I had a full-time job and then I stopped it to do that business, I probably would have felt the pressure to continue it, you know, just to keep that income from that business, even though I didn't love that business. So right. I would, I would definitely say, make sure you, you know, are enjoying and loving what you are either quitting to do or stepping out to do. Of course, there will be aspects of it. You know, there's still aspects of my job that I don't like. And until I can afford to hire them out, I have to do them. So you won't love every aspect of it, but to at the core, love what you're doing. And then I think the rest of it and believe in it. That for me is the biggest thing too, is believing in what I do. That really helps keep me moving forward. All right. So where can people connect with you and Pinch of Help after this episode? Yeah, so you can definitely find us on Instagram at Pinch of Help. Um, we do lots of before and afters. We do IGTVs, and we're going to be moving into some other um, platforms soon. And then we also have our website, which is www.pinchofhelp.com. All right, guys, there you have it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other side hustlers just like you to find the show. And if you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Side Hustle Pro. Plus, sign up for my six-foot Saturday newsletter at sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter. When you sign up, you'll receive weekly nuggets from me, including what I'm up to, personal lessons, and my business tip of the week week. Again, that's sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon.